Hello and welcome to episode 154 of Effect. The Ruin of Simbaroom. I'm Matthew. And I'm Dave. And as always, we've got a packed show today and the majority of it is a wonderful conversation we had with uh, Matthias Jonsson-Hacker and talking about Simbaroom, uh, the forthcoming, uh, well, the, the ongoing um, pre-order for Alberator, The Haunted Waste, Part 5, in the Chronicles of the Throne of Thorns, and also the forthcoming Kickstarter for Simbaroom 5e. But more on that anon. What else have we got going on today? Well, we have some patrons to thank again, as always. Um, we also have the answer, the winner, uh, of the first ever effect scenario writing competition and we will be announcing that just uh, at the top of the show after we've um, spoken about our patrons then we've got some world of gaming news as usual and but we'll rush through all of that and get to the main event of today's episode which is our fabulous conversation with Matthias and then we'll wrap up I think we might have some homework to give to each other for next time but yeah, we've done a lot of interviews over the last yeah. few shows, so um, it's time you know, to we're do all more about game content stuff. creation. So yes. uh, we're, we're going to set each other some content creation challenges um, for next episode. Indeed. Right, shall we dive in with our patrons? Yes, we've had a, a good couple of weeks with new patrons. Let's dive. Go for it. Thanks very much to all our patrons, of course, but particularly to these new ones. The first one of which is Pierre. Oh, oh now here's, here's me struggling already. I think um, Pierre Gravelin. No, I can't Pierre, remember my French. Pierre Gravelin, possibly? Gra yeah, it's only a single T and no E on the end, so you don't pronounce the T, I think. Anyway, Pierre. Pierre. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank you and welcome to our little crowd. And Paul Venner as well. Thank you, Paul. And Carl Landsberg. Excellent. Welcome and thank you. And finally, Philip Greeley. Thank you, Philip. It's great to have you aboard. Um, and yeah, four wonderful new patrons. Um, fabulous to have you on board. It's always a delight to get and we've, new people. We've definitely seen them on out, uh, uh, in the Discord as well. And it's great when people join our Discord community. It is. Which is just a lovely place to be. I know I'm saying it a lot yeah. recently, but every day reaffirms that. It is. And we've got loads of stuff going on there. So, uh, you know, just there's, there's conversations going on various topics every single day. There are games being run. There are, oh, there's, there's loads. There's just tons of stuff. Um, so, yeah, the more the merrier. If you're, if you're tempted, come along for a month. And if you like it, stay with us. If you don't, then it would have, would have been lovely to have heard you around for a month. Yeah. Now, right. four episodes ago, it was our 150th episode. That's why we're doing 154 now. And we celebrated that by announcing a competition. We did. And our competition was to write a scenario, an adventure for any of the Free League games within a word limit of 150... Sorry, not 150. <laughs> that, would, that would have been a challenge, that would. 150 words. I think, it was a, I think it was quite a challenge at 1,500 words. Yes, it was. Or um, thereabouts, you made me made me say. I think it's I, thereabouts. It's fine. A few over is fine. Um, 
going well, way we shall discuss possibly. that. We will discuss that. We had some great entries, though. Uh, every every entry was great, and I would play any one of those adventures. Absolutely, so, likewise. Thank you um, very much. If you're not they, the named winner, you did a great job. Uh, these are definitely worth putting on the freely uh, workshop and things like that. So, uh, yeah, um, completely. Yeah, and yeah. we had a nice we had a nice spread. We had we had some TTK, we had some Verson, we had some Simbaroom, we had some Tales. Uh, yeah, we had a really nice spread of games across across the Free League uh, gaming waterfront. And as you say, they were all excellent. It was a really difficult job um, picking one out. But I think we both sort of independently tipped one just fractionally ahead of the others. And Yes, the- uh, there was a clear winner because we both independently chose the same winner. But yes. not like miles clear of everybody else. Um, no, not the slightest. And there's two others I definitely want to mention. You're not getting a second prize. I want to name and shame these two others. But first of all, <laughs> shall we focus on the winner? Well, I think you can name and shame. I've got a um, like an honourable mention, actually. So the uh, the everything was great. I mean, some some people um, just gave us the text and didn't didn't worry too much about presentation um, because it was the content of the game that was the most important, and the content of the game was great. But I, I still love a good picture. Um, so honourable mention to um, two. Uh, well, I mean, they're, you know, they're all good, but um, honourable mention to Dale Murchie for Bionic Battle, for a lovely presentation of his Tales from the Loop game. Uh, that was, uh, you know, it was really nicely done. And similarly, uh, honourable mention to Neil Kingham for his presentation of his Simbaroon game, The Summoning. But... By that, you, I'm sorry, gentlemen, you didn't get the top prize. The top prize goes to a, a lovely scenario by Liam Beaton, Nightfall at Raven's Bay. Woo-hoo! Thank you, Liam. Well, well done. done. Really good. And one of the most impressive things about that uh, was not his presentation, which was lovely, but not as good as those two honourable mentions. However, unlike those two as you say, honourable mentions, and I say name and shame, (laughs) he kept pretty close to the word count. He went just, I think, 50 words over the word count, as opposed to about twice as long as the word count, which both (laughs) those two, yes, beautifully designed uh, adventures uh, were. So, um, yeah, I ruled them out pretty much straight away. I, I started, I was reading them and I was thinking, well, this is all good. This is, yeah, this is very good. It looks lovely, as you say. And I was thinking, but it's where's, taking a long time. Where's to the read. end? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in the end, because I couldn't, I couldn't word count them in PDF. So I, I sucked all the text out and, and ran them through text edit and, and counted the words. And I went, ah, oh, yes, I see. There's a problem here. Um, <laughs> No, they're all great. I mean, every every scenario we got was great. As you said, Matthew, I would be delighted to play any and all of them. Um, I think Nightfall at Raven's Bay by by Liam, um, a Verson scenario set in Yorkshire. It, it had, um, I, I think, the thing it had for me was was that was just tipped it over. Um, was a really well developed and thorough range of things that the players could do. Even more mm. so than, than the other games, which had that as well. They, you know, they weren't linear games by any by any stretch, um, but it just it just went that tiny step further in that. And reading it as a as a potential GM, I was thinking, yeah, well, the, the players could do this, or they could resolve it in that way, or they could do 
the other. And they just seemed to be almost, uh, not endless, of course, but there were just loads of ways that the scenario could be played out. And it was a lovely yes. idea as well. Um, yeah. And I think what I liked about it was that it was very much within the structure of a Vason scenario. So yeah. uh, he'd used, I think, the discipline of writing a Vason scenario with a kind of countdown to catastrophe and here are your challenges. He'd used that actually to help him get it in under the 15 or around the 15,000 words. 1,500 so, um, words. On the one hand, you're saying they've got 150. On the other hand, you're saying they've got 15,000. <laughs> 15, no wonder. 1,500 and, words, yes. No wonder Neil and Dale were confused. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. But anyway, we will uh, send you uh, the token for um, uh, for Drive Through RPG yes. well as soon as we're finished recording this program. Indeed. So you'll probably get that before you've heard it. <laughs> Excellent. But I would also like to say that I really hope to see all of the scenarios that we got up on the Free League Workshop very soon because they are all very worthy of uh, wider dissemination and uh, you know the credit that they all deserve. It was a great, it was a great selection and a great competition. Thank you to everybody who entered. Yeah, and in a way, actually, Free League Workshop might be a really good segue to our um, <laughs> next segment. Go on then, uh, seg, seg away. Go on. Well, I, cause the most exciting thing about uh, the world of gaming that's happened this time is... Well, it is the fact that my planetarium has got copper. Yes! Go for it! No. <laughs> no, that's not but the most exciting thing. But it has, though. It has. Well, most, well, most exciting for me. Well done on your copper badge. I'm very proud of myself, yeah. he of the two silver badges. Uh, yeah, but yours have been up for, like, months longer than mine. Give me a few I, months I'm and I'll sure be sure they have. Um, <laughs> no, the, but the really exciting thing is I, I, I look with some jealousy uh, at my, my friend um, Nick Brook, uh, is quite a lot involved in community content for uh, uh, RuneQuest. And sometimes one of those RuneQuest community titles is a bestseller, not on the community content bit, but on all of Drive-Through RPG. <laughs> yes. And I think, wow, look at that enormous RuneQuest community buying a thing s- so massively that it actually gets to be in the top 10 of... Yeah. Uh, now, this has happened for Coriolis content for the very first time this week. Ah. And this has happened for the Community Atlas, which is the translation of the Swedish Atlas of the uh, Horizon, which we we have a thing called the Atlas of the Horizon uh, or um, Atlas Compendium, I think we call it in, in English. But it, it's, yeah. it's got a, a fraction, about a quarter of the content that the Swedish version had. And so um, I've got to shout out, I think, actually, to uh, loads of people involved. Loads of our patrons are involved in proofreading and stuff like that. But I really want to shout out to, um, uh, to some of the people uh, running it whose names have just escaped me. Give me a moment. <laughs> That's professional. Uh, well done, Matt. Yeah, Johan Markström was the Swedish component and Thomas, um, damn it, I've forgotten his name. So whilst, whilst Matthew tries to find the name, um, there, is a, there is a very long list of contribu- contributors to this. I don't know, must something like 30 or 35 
maybe even a few more. Um, as I said, a few of our patrons have been been involved in it as well, and it's a fabulous example of the community pulling together to bring something into English that was only previously in Swedish beforehand, and it it's doing brilliantly well, and rightly so. It's uh, it's an excellent product. Um, it's uh, you know it, it's kind of put my little effort with the the planetarium into the shade somewhat. Yeah, and, 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 somewhat. And, and rightly so, and rightly so. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's a great thing, and it's it's currently eleventh on the top sellers on drive through right now, which is yes, it is. Uh, is Trevor really Marshall good... is the other name I'm looking for, and it did reach at one point. I saw it at, at number five on the top sellers. So uh, for all of drive through, I just want to say that you know, alongside yes. published programs. Uh, and indeed, at that point, I think it might now be it, but Company of the Dragon, which is another one of those blimmin' RuneQuest community content items that I always get so jealous of. It had beaten that. That was only at number nine. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so, so uh, not, yeah, the whole community got involved and obviously the whole community have been buying it. We will obviously put links into the show notes for anybody who hasn't seen it and already bought it. Yeah, and I will say as well, um, if you uh, got the uh, Atlas Compendium in English through drive through, you can actually get it for free. Yeah, um, it's now a download on the Atlas Compendium as well. So if you got it through drive through, you can get it for free there. If you didn't get that, or even if you did, you can pay for it because it's not massively expensive, is it? It's, no, it's um, nine ninety nine dollars. $9.99, so it's, it's seven value. quid. It's, it's great value. And that money is not going to any of the creators, though they thoroughly deserve it. But they're putting it into a pool to add art and things like that and maybe do some other stuff as well. So Absolutely. Um, if you pay into that, you get more stuff back out of it. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you haven't acquired it by whatever means, uh, not theft, if you haven't acquired it by <laughs> buying it or by uh, getting your free download from your Atlas Compendium... Um, then just look at it. It's lovely. Yeah. So um, what did you want to mention? Oh, yeah, yeah. You probably don't want to talk about the desanction as much as mine. I hope uh, people <laughs> saw our desanction adventure we ran uh, earlier this week on Tuesday. It's on yeah. our YouTube channel. It was great fun. Uh, our, our, your friend of mine, Dave, uh, Andy Grick, ran it, and um, uh, he got very excited by it. Andy and I are still waiting for our physical editions, but some other patrons have got their physical editions of the ah. desanction. So that's what I want to say. It's being posted out now. And by coincidence, D-Day, the day they started sending out physical editions, was last Tuesday. So in a way, our adventure was uh, a celebration of that. Yeah, I would also like to say that our our friend Andy has been, um, he's been totally sort of taken over. He's fallen in love with D-Sanction. He's he's, he's written a, a very large... Uh, sort of supplement to go with it that that we've had the opportunity to have a look over and some of that is is excellent excellent stuff um and with a bit of luck uh i think he's chatting with paul there might be some um some publishing of that in um in some form in the, in the future so that's great news for for andy because he's a so he's a he's a decent gm and he has some good ideas sometimes and occasionally he writes them well so, um, well, you know, well done to him for that. Are you dabbing <laughs> with faint praise there? Cause that's, uh... <laughs> well, I'm just waiting for Andy to hear this, and I'm waiting yeah. for the, dis- the Discord message. 
<laughs> yes. What? No, but yes. Um, but yeah, you, you're you're right. He is a perfectly adequate G, uh, GM. Uh, <laughs> and um, I want to say a reasonable friend as well, but I'm not quite sure I can bring myself to compliment him that much. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yes. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure Andy loves it when we involve him in the show. You know, it's just yeah. <laughs> every time, every time. And you yeah. know what? I I think as well. Um, talking more world of gaming stuff, we we need to do a bit of a special on community content again in the next yeah. few episodes because um, I I suddenly noticed Edgeland on Drive Through RPG, and Edgeland is quite a nice looking cyberpunk version of the year zero engine yeah. it's kind of a work in progress um, okay. and i'm feeling a bit poor at the moment so i haven't actually invested in it yet but i pointed it out to our friend andy and he downloaded it uh, which was lovely because i then i said andy what's it like and uh he said it's very flexible uh, it seemed to be well done some nice ways of uh merging um stuff into yeah zero engine for um things like chip skills hmm. and and what he was very impressed by as well is a kind of world sheet so what sort of you know I, one of the problems i always have with cyberpunk is well what do you mean by cyberpunk because i often find that what you mm-hmm. mean and i mean by cyberpunk are two slightly different things yeah and so this is a kind of sheet where everybody gets together and says this is our cyberpunk world it's it's kind of shadow runny or it's it's more than warish mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, yeah, and you, you know, you set the tone for the world before you all start building your characters and then you know the sort of story you're going to have. I quite so, like that because I, I like that in Fate in, in particular. I mean, the, 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 mm. the last campaign that we ran, um, where again, as a, as a group, we all collectively agreed what the universe was going to be like and what the, the thrust of the, the campaign was going to be. And, and that, that, that 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 came up very very naturally from the the conversations we had in in the session zero. So I, I really like that as a as a as a player GM sort of game aid, which as you say it, it, it sets the it sets the tone clearly, you know, and sweeps away any assumptions right at the start. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, and as it's a work in progress, so I imagine. You buy it now. You're, you're investing uh, um, money in it. Um, the author, whose name I should have written down again. What is it with my head and names today? Uh, I will put links in the show notes anyway. Uh, we'll carry on working on it and the product will improve over time. And I imagine people who buy it now will get updates. They won't have to They won't have to pay for them <laughs> for new updates. And at some point, I think um, the author is planning on kickstarting a physical edition as well. So... Really? Maybe maybe um, when the Kickstarter launches, we'll invite you on the show and you can tell us all about it and do a better job of remembering your own name than we can. <laughs> but Edgeland, look it up on DriveThru, everybody. I yeah, just and we will put a link in the show notes. It looks yeah. good. So I think that's the end of the world of gaming. Uh, I think it is for this week. Um, although, <laughs> did I, I, I promised last time that I was going to talk about Terminator, didn't I? Oh, you did. Yeah, let's let's do that next time. Let's do that next time. Okay, yeah. Terminator next time. I, I think I the think the, I think the Kickstarter's the, finished now. Anyway, it has, hasn't yes. it? And they and they succeeded again pretty well actually. I think they had something like one hundred eighty thousand dollars at the end of it. So they've they've been very successful. Um, mm-hmm. But I was going to talk more about the the the, the, 
the system and the stuff. S5S or 5S5, whatever they call it, system. Um, but yeah, let's do that next time because we've got a packed show. We've got a long conversation with Mateus coming up. So yes, let's listen to that. It's um, it's great to see you, Matthias. It's uh, it's been too long since we've had you on the show, and or since we've talked to you in any capacity, actually. But um, mm. t- today we've got two things that we really want to talk about. Um, both related related to Simbaroom. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now we we did um, uh, before we came on live, we did have to make a slight uh, confession, having played uh, a Simbaroom campaign some time ago. Uh, we haven't played Simbroom for a year or two, um, simply because Free League have got so many other great games. It's not that um, we got bored of Simbroom at all. But um, since then, a lot's happened. And we have coming up um, two things. One is the Haunted Waste, the fifth chronicle in um, the Throne of Thorns campaign. And we also have Simbroom 5e Kickstarter coming up at some point. Um I'm sounding, I'm sounding I'm a little sounding bit really uncertain. I'm sounding confident about that, just to make up for the fact that you're sounding less confident. But I'm only sounding that confident because <laughs> so I, was, I asked for GS before we started. Yeah, but if you shut up, I was building up to the question, which is, <laughs> tell us all about it. Um, so uh, where should we start? Do we want to start with yeah. 5e first, seeing that's closest? Um, go on, Let's then. talk about go the whole well, we, um, we launched a Kickstarter... No, the, the pre-order uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh and just like with Coriolis, we feel that we now have such a great and huge fan base that uh, we don't have to rely on Kickstarter for, for those two no. IPs uh, when we launch new stuff. And I can say that's a, a super relief. And what was even more of a relief was to see how many people actually turned up to support this support us and Simbrum through the pre-order instead of through the because that's always a a, a concern when you mm. haven't tried pre-order before we did this with the lost clade and beforehand it was like you know is is coriolis uh, a kickstarter phenomenon mm. uh meaning that we won't see that much pre-orders that worry was soon laid to rest and even quicker so when it came to the haunted waste mm. so it feels super uh, cool and super inspiring mm-hmm. we are now in the midst of the post-production so hopefully we are we are aiming for a release in late june nice. and and uh, touch wood or whatever uh, can bring you luck. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we are on track. Uh, but yeah, things always happen. Not least because, as you said, Dave, we have quite a lot of games to <laughs> to cater to, and and mm. and and fan bases to to cater to as well. So. So, I mean, there are always a lot happening in in on the on the work floor. Yeah, absolutely. So in the, the sweatshop. Whole, in the sweatshop, is that how it feels yeah. now? Is it sometimes? <laughs> sometimes, yeah. When when the crunch, you have crunching hour for three or four products at the same time with this mm. small team, it can really feel like a sweatshop. Yes. 
But that's <laughs> the gaming industry is that way in general, I think. So we are quite used to it from yeah, the, yeah, video well, games I, industry and such. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think from the outside, um, I think we all we all get the uh, get get the idea that you're working in some kind of gaming nirvana where you're just sitting in a pool of creativity and just enjoying every minute of bright colors. But actually, uh, you're lifting the lid a little bit for us there. So, uh. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, of course, it's a nirvana, especially compared to other kinds of employment that you can have. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, on the other hand, uh, it takes hard work. Uh, there is a vast difference between being, as as we were, perhaps when we first started Janringen in. At the turn of the century, we, we did it as a hobby business. We still managed to put out a lot of stuff, but mm -hmm. doing it as a hobby, as opposed to doing it in the with the aim to be able to support yourself uh, and put food on the table, that's different things. Different thing, yeah. yeah different yeah. pressure, yeah. Yeah. Um, so having said that we haven't played Simroom for a little while, mm. um, do you want to tell us a little bit about Haunted Waste? Then, what if um, you know what what are we missing out on if we don't play Haunted Waste? You are missing out on. <laughs> uh, I, I told Martin when he was working on the cover. Uh, I told him that, well, just think of this episode as the one where the player characters are headed for the Simbron version of Mordor. Oh, okay. that, uh, that doesn't mean that it's lava lakes and 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 you know orcs all over the place. Yeah. Not that kind of, but but it is you know that it is a destination that you wouldn't go on for a holiday. <laughs> Not even a paid one. Is that the strap line yeah. then for uh, the that, haunted ways? Yeah. you don't go on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. So, uh, first and foremost, to me, even if if the books in this series are they are standalone in the sense that you can you can play them with new characters every which one uh, of yeah. them, and you can, I mean, jump in and just play episode number five if if the Simbron version of Mordor is actually where you want to go on vacation. Um, <laughs> But to me, they are very much uh, part of the same story arc, and and we are now closing in on on the grand finale. So you you can say that this this episode will sort of set the stage for uh, for Davokar Awakens, which is the mm. title of the final episode in this chronicle, yeah. uh, and this means that. I, I, you know, I don't want to spoil the experience for the player characters, but there will be some quite interesting lore developments in this one. There will be quite high-profile NPCs taking part in or mm. being part of the story. Uh, it is it is much more straightforward, and you can say not linear, but semi-linear uh, compared to mother of darkness in the sense that i mean it, it is composed of a number of of adventure landscapes that are a bit smaller than simbar which was 
I mean, yeah. huge. <laughs> uh, we, mainly the, the whole adventure took place in one great uh, adventure location. Here you have several of them. The player characters are, as usual, very free to decide what to do in these places, how to tackle its challenges, and 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 what to focus on in in terms of play style. If you want to go problem solving, if you want to go combat or social, uh, more social challenges and and deliberations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and you can choose in which to a certain extent in which order you, you visit these places. Uh, but in, in, in the end, it, is, it will be, I, I, let me put it like this. After b- being at the stage where I am today with this product and uh, also reminding you that tastes differ, I have never been this, this happy about <laughs> any Simbron product I've been responsible for mm-hmm. uh, because it feels like and it feels so good because you know before you reach the end of such a massive storyline or story arc you never really know if 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 it will work <laughs> dramatically <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in the uh, yeah in, in the yeah. sense in when it comes to the narrative uh, style of it and whatnot. And one of the reasons why I feel so joyous about this part is that it, it feels really feels like this is coming together quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should add that if you, because you wanted me to sell you the, the <laughs> Symbrum game, resell it to you. Uh, <laughs> As it is designed, I mean, uh, yeah, pick it up and play a scenario here and there. But to me, if you if you play Symbrum, you you do it for reals. Mm. That that's the kind of game that you you really should invest, not just an evening here and there too, but but maybe most evenings here, Simbrum there, and everywhere. Life, not for Christmas, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's fully possible to play that way, but selling yeah. you Alberator requires me to to talk to those of you out there who really enjoy the the grand campaigns, the mm. the, the feeling of being part of a group that actually has an impact on a world that you can care about. Yeah. And and Simbrum, the Simbrum setting is hopefully a, a place that you not necessarily want to protect, but that you that mm-hmm. you will feel for. Yeah. Uh, mm. So yeah, and long for. Nice. Right. So you talked a bit about um, yeah, this being the fifth part, and you know, you can you can jump straight in there with your players. Have you mm. put stuff into the into the chronicle uh, a guidance for um for the GM to be managing? Because presumably, as the chronicle goes along, if you're playing oh. the same characters, you're developing those characters, and the, mm. the the level of opposition becomes more more powerful. So, um, mm. is is a is a is a group who wants to jump straight in at the haunted waste with brand new characters? Are they just going to get slaughtered as soon as they step outside the tavern? There are <laughs> uh, there are uh, guidelines for how much extra uh, experience 
to award new player characters, of course. And yeah. also what kind of, you know, abilities are more or less required to play it uh, or not required because the, I mean, the gaming group can do whatever what they, they like please, with yeah. it. But, but we are assuming that the characters, for instance, ha has a master lore master when they have come this far in the campaign. We assume yeah. that one or two of them are able to sense the shadows of uh, people and places and items mm -hmm. in the world, for instance. Yeah. Uh, so this, this episode is written for quite the heroic cost of characters mm -hmm. in terms of... It, I would say you never really become a hero in Symbarum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that no. sort of that sort of assumes uh, that there is, you know, a, sort of an alignment system yeah. where you can actually be good. <laughs> In Symbarum, some people will deem you and your actions good, most likely, uh, but there will be but others that not don't. Everyone. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. So we've got yeah, yeah. we've got two interesting uh, players who are commenting on on oh. different streams. Uh, I, I'm going to start off with this one here from Thane, who's just started with the starter mm. set, got a new group. So these guys are at the beginning of their journey, and they're going to have a wild time if they manage to play <laughs> all the way through to uh, to this fifth instalment. But then coming back to the fifth instalment. Um, uh, Frank, who's one of our patrons, says you mentioned Davakar Awakens uh, being the last instalment. Is that the closing chapter of the first edition of Simbaroom? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, we are discussing where to go after uh, Davakar Awakens. It's the closing chapter of the saga of the Throne of Thorns, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's the start of another story in the sense that you, you will see very different kinds of outcomes in different gaming groups. Uh, so that means that, you know, the story about Ambri and Davukar uh, is at least temporarily left to the players and, and the GMs to keep developing. That mm. doesn't mean that we are leaving it forever. I mean, there are so many ways we could uh, keep developing that setting too. But then we would have to assume that the end of the Throne of Thorns was a certain way. Yeah, I was going to ask, is there, is there potentially sort of sweeping changes to the to the environment and to the law and to the to the landscape, depending yeah. on how the end of uh, oh, yeah. Awakens plays out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is a role-playing game, and to me, that means that uh, the story should always uh, end in accordance with the the, the play characters' choices and yeah, and degree of success, if you want. <clears throat> Uh, so there will be, this is not one of those adventures where you at the end will feel that we made no difference. 
we've pressed the reset button. That's about as much as we've yeah. achieved. It's made and... a difference one way or the other, yeah. even if it's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, I okay. mean, if you if you fail uh, uh, one or two key dice rolls, things will probably end up very differently. <laughs> cool. So Excellent. you've hinted there, I think, at the answer to another question from Frank, which I'm putting out but, here. But, uh, can, we, can we stay with his basic answer? Okay. Uh, yes, is yes. this the end of the first edition? I think that for, where we where we go from Davokar Awakens, uh, we will keep developing the setting and probably focus more heavily on another part of the setting. You who have downloaded the free PDF that's called something like, uh, the, uh, it's a report from inside the game world mm. uh, written by, uh, I think it's Ralgai Melion, who is the, the one of the heads of the Royal Secretorium. Uh, and it also feature, uh, features a, a sketchy map of, of, of the continent, if you will, uh, mm. where, where the syndrome setting is placed. So we will focus um, probably a bit more on the city-states, as they are called. We will right. take a closer look at Freetown. Uh, they are the realm of the order, where all the heretics I have to do this because the screen is so small. Well, the fled when when uh, when Prius was, uh, you know, elevated as the one true god. Um, so there are lots of places to. Uh, but if that means that we will do a, a complete Symbrum second edition, I mean there are good arguments for for rearranging the current content. Because it has been evolving and being mm. been released in 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 steps, we mm. we didn't have the whole system designed at the start of mm. you know back in 2014. So maybe we will take a look at how if there is a way to repackage, and in in if so, we will also also invite the the full force of the the team, the new team, free league team, mm -hmm. uh, to take a look at uh, some ba balance issues and and uh, and such. But mm -hmm. as we have said time and time again, uh, in in relation to the five E Kickstarter, Symbrum is here to stay. Original Symbrum mm -hmm. is here to stay, and it will not be a drastically different game going forth. Well, that mm -hmm. sounds like a brilliant segue, doesn't it, Dave? Well, actually, I've got one more question. Okay, one more um, Which one of the great things that you've always done with Simbaroom and with with new editions is you've added more advanced rules and more additions that mm -hmm. the GMs and players can roll into their games depending on their personal styles. Mm -hmm. Is there going to be more of that in um, Haunted Waste? Uh, there is not much more rules and, and right. stuff in it. There are a few... Let me put it like this. There are a few mystical ceremonies, mm, which right. are these enormously powerful rituals that you perform collectively and that always have kind of damaging impact on the <laughs> world around you when you when you perform that. There will be some new monstrous traits, right. I believe. Uh, but... Um, in this case, we are, as you know, we are leaving, for the first time, we are leaving the Davoka region. Mm. 
traveling back to the, the lost land of Alberetor. Uh, and that also means that a good part of the book will be about presenting this environment, this new environment, land, this yeah. Simbarum version of Mordor, as I said before, <laughs> uh, also providing further guidelines when it comes to travels in these lands, right. and also um, uh, tables with random encounters and and uh, terrain types and mishaps that can can occur mm -hmm. when traveling down south. Uh, so and also some resources for for developing your own adventures down there. Basically, you no. can hex crawl. You can hex crawl uh, in 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 uh, Alberator the way that you could do in uh, Mother of Darkness in right. Double Cut. Yeah, nice. So yeah, it it feels <laughs> it feels really it feels like. Uh, yeah, Simbrum is supposed to be super grimdark. Mm. Uh, is this getting grim, grimdark? <laughs> the thing <laughs> is that I, I feel the, the, the absolutely best feeling when developing a setting or indeed creating a setting is when you feel that it it is already there and you are mm -hmm. only discovering it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and so that that's the feeling I always search for. And as for is this grimmer than grimdark? <laughs> yeah, in, in in some senses, I can could say that it is it is it will it will surprise you in some ways that cool. are probably not all party and and jubilations. <laughs> uh, but it it isn't Mordor. It isn't, no, no. you know. Uh, no, it isn't. No. It, 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 I mean, compared to there, there is points of light. Mm. There are points of light even below the the titans, and not only in the form of a giant eye that watches everything and sends a spotlight <laughs> on, on the yeah. ground, but actual points of light. So, mm. and that's super important to me because. Without those points of light, the darkness is impossible to see. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing, isn't it, about Mordor? It is just a black hole of evil, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. but, and that's fine. They're great. It's, but actually, in a game like Simbarum, where yeah, nothing, is ever black or, nothing is ever mm. black or white, it's all shades of grey. Um, yeah, that sounds excellent. Uh, um, again, Frank, I, I'm quoting Frank a lot here, but he's mm -hmm. saying this is like <laughs> Twilight Alberator. <laughs> yeah, in some ways, if you, if you provided that it doesn't mean the the silly vampire tale with the <laughs> no, I think no, I think yeah. about Twilight Two Thousand, not Let's hope. So romantic vampires in Simbarum, excellent. <laughs> Great. It's just what we've all got a scoop. <laughs> uh, no, so um, yeah, uh, just just to sort of finish off with a couple of other questions. Um, yeah, you you talked earlier about there possibly being some thought about putting all the different bits of information from all the different books into one one thing, but you haven't. Oh, uh, not 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 one thing. That wouldn't be. You couldn't carry that around. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 
possibly looking at, I mean, now that we are doing 5e, we are doing a player's guide, we're doing a game master's guide and a bestiary. And I mean, uh, that's for the, the grand uh, fantasy IPs of the world. Mm. That's a pretty mm. standard way of going about it. And it in, in Symbrum, maybe it feels even more um, more to the point because it's a player-facing rule set. Mm. So it feels. I mean, if you if you make a, a player's guide in, including not only player uh, character generation but also the the player rules, uh, the game master will never have to sort of censor anything. Mm. Uh, yeah. when so it comes the, to Simbra. The Game so, Master's book can be all full of the secrets. Yeah, uh, I mean, now we are speculating, yeah. but uh, yeah. this is this is a question for the team, not for me as a person, even mm. as, as, as game director, I have quite the, the say in the matter, but we always discuss everything uh, with, with the whole Freely crew, team. Team. Yeah. so so exactly how we will organize it is is uh, not decided. Or I mean, the cool thing has been working with it's Matthias Lilia who designed the the rule mm -hmm. set from the beginning, um, and over this stretch of time that we have worked on it, it has dawned on me more and more just how flexible and modular. It is because mm, yeah. if we want to add optional rules or, or alternative rules, it's been done with ease and yeah. and fit perfectly into the the system. And it never, to me, it feels like those rules never get too crunchy. I mean, it, it, it's fairly easy to keep them on on the same level mm. of complexity. Uh, and also mm. offer options for those who want to add complexity to it. Uh, so that, that's a, a, a strength. Mm. Okay, then. But, so uh, we've got a couple of yeah. examples for your rethink to, to share with the team. Um, mm? So Fane here is suggesting Simbaroon Beyond, like D&D Beyond. I guess that's an online resource. Oh. Mm. Uh, and we've also got uh, from Pickbub, Hi, Pickbub. Uh, welcome to the show. I don't think we've had you uh, before. And he is wondering about a glossary of all the NPCs. Uh, but, 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 nice... but, 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 but there <laughs> is one. There, there is, is one. one. Yeah. That's funny enough, that's what, uh, uh, what the, said as well. it, it is. <laughs> the, the, it is not fully updated. Um, mm -hmm. But on, on the Free League site, uh, you look at games and then you go to Simbarum and you find downloads. And there will, you will find, I'm not 100% sure what, what the file is called, but it is an Excel sheet where you mm. can, you know, sort the, the the entries according to which book they are in, uh, mm. uh, which faction they belong to, if any, a little bit about their who they are and their history. And I think it features cool. something like 900 entries. Uh, <laughs> But then many of those NPCs are deceased, so it's figures from <laughs> from the his from history. Yeah. So. yeah. Cool. So, but but that that, that and, and I, I have an updated version uh, that is updated with Alberator, 
up to Alberta uh, in Swedish. Mm. It is uh, mm. this this uh, work is uh, done by by uh, Erik Hylander who wrote Adventure Pack Four, the two mm. adventures yeah. in Adventure Pack Four, and he does it more or less for himself. And then he told me <laughs> about it, and I asked him, "Can can we please?" share yes. this so but we need to translate uh, the newest entries and make it all so it it should be updated somewhere in during the summer hopefully uh with with even more colorful <laughs> gals and gals and dolls that's girls both of them right guys and girls guys and dolls, guys and dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool. So I, I, I'm just looking at the site. I can't see one with an obvious title, but maybe if you can remember what it's called after the show, we'll add it to the show notes. I, I think you can find it if you download the free uh, overview of the of the Copper Crown from Drive Through RPG. Mm. It is a second file in that product, so to speak, which is this MPC registry. If you uh -huh. haven't. If it's if it's gone because we we've rearranged the homepage a couple of times, so maybe I, I will write down to take a look and make sure that it is there. Brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. So just to finish up on the on the haunted waste, um, the pre-order when when is that going to run to? Um, yeah, it, it will. Uh, the th two things. I want to say about the pre-order. Uh, I, I, I sorry, thought can about it. I just it. interrupt you here because yep. we've got comments. Uh, mm. It is the throne, uh, throne of thorns NPC gallery, and it is there on the homepage. So it's yeah. it is on it is there. So don't <clears> worry, <throat> don't need to do anything urgent unless you need to update it with the very latest version in English. Yeah, <laughs> I, I heard uh, you mentioned this guy who just got the starter set and have started playing a little bit. Mm. We are uh, in the pre-order now you can or, uh, order a bundle with um, with an adventure collection that features six adventures, full-length adventures. Uh, and it's a combination of the Copper Crown, Adventure Pack 2, and Adventure mm. Pack 3. So for any new players, check that out. The so second is, is that I was going to answer your question, namely, how for how long will this <laughs> go on? Yeah. Uh, we will keep it running at least until we are ready to to circulate a beta PDF, right. and that should be mid May. Okay, mid May. Now, so a couple of months. Yeah, yet. yeah. And uh, if you pre-order, you will also get access to uh, a pre-order exclusive uh, uh, digital art book. Of the, mm. the the art featured in the uh, haunted waste, which, which is, is probably worth the price of pre-order in itself, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you get the art in the books and in mm. the PDFs, but the, actually, people. I I was a little bit. I mean, why do people want a standalone art book of the art that is already in the books? But apparently, people find it really, really good to have at the pay table. Uh, to have it on a small screen or something yeah. to set the mm. mood up. And yeah, particularly this last year where we're doing so much gaming online, it's, it's yeah. nice to have that in a PDF viewer and just yeah. share that page mm. when, when we want to add a bit of atmosphere to the to the online table. Yes. Excellent. So that's Brilliant. it. Uh, Mid-May, but 
these last years, uh, we have been going more and more to keeping the pre-orders open as long as possible. Yeah, uh, we will need a couple of weeks between uh, pre-order end and the actual launch to uh, get the, all the order lists done and make sure that our shipping companies uh, actually focus on the pre-orders first. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, brilliant. But a while longer. Yeah. But uh, cool. Dane has already pre-ordered and. Uh, He's, 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 it sounds to me, are going to be doing the whole campaign. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Now, let us turn to a whole world of new players that we are about to welcome. Yes. <laughs> the most popular role-playing game, tabletop role-playing game and role-playing game, uh, and the longest-lived pretty much and the biggest brand, 5e, you're doing a 5e version, The Ruins of Simbaroom, which is going to be really exciting. A whole bunch more people coming into contact with Three League mm. for the first time, and of course with Simba Room. Now you did a a little sort of free a sampler on on Drive Through mm. RPG, and that was obviously a success because oh, yeah. you wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> no. No, I, I mean, it's been uh, it's been uh, it it to push ourselves to really finish up that work. Because we have been toying with this idea ever since we thought of Symbarum. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, or rather, since we thought of Symbarum and saw Adventures in Middle-earth. Right. You know, the, the One Ring adaptation <clears throat> to 5e. Yeah. And we thought, uh, because, I mean, there are some fans of the original game who have talked about this project as the ruin of Symbarum, which I find, <laughs> I find so smart and funny that I just have to mention it. You have to smile about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, uh, I can assure everyone that that won't be the case, rather the opposite, because mm. when mm. we talked already four years ago, talked about this, it wasn't uh, ever a discussion about you know, replacing. It was just a way to, because we we know how super dominant uh, uh, 5e is and this marvelously yeah. popular game. And we have people, uh, you know, coming up to us at conventions and, and, and writing to us over the years to say, ah, oh, man, I want to play with Symbarum with my, my gaming group, but they don't want to play anything other than 5e. Mm. So, I don't know. It, it to me, it's not a very dramatic decision. It, mm -hmm. it. I mean, we will see come Tuesday how how significant it will be. Mm. Yeah. But to us, so far, it has mostly been about m making the setting of Symbarum available to more players, players who who want, instead, you know, if, if you describe the Symbarum rule set as quick, deadly, flexible, mm -hmm. uh, and, and highly, you know, focusing on freedom rather than uh, balance, uh, you have the, the 5e rule set, which is like... <laughs> The, the opposite of all of those. <laughs> the fact that you use you use a D twenty to yeah. roll your success tests. Uh, so 
and, and to us, I mean, it's not a very dramatic thing that people like different rule sets. It's, yeah. it's like I, I, I talked to to Phil Garrity on uh, mm, The Dark yeah. Orb uh, a week ago and, and said, I think it was with him. It may have been with Doug. Uh, anyway, mm -hmm. that it's like people have different tastes in, in, in rock music or whatever. Uh, anyone can enjoy a setting. Yes. I feel if it's properly created, designed. But you cannot create the one rule set that everybody will love. Yeah. That's that's just not possible because it's, it's so much has to do with preferences in in, mm. in play style and what especially I would argue what you grew up playing. <laughs> yeah. So, will you? Is the intention if um, if this is successful, would the intention be to bring the Throne of Thorns out in a five E version in due course? We we have to talk about that when we see how how the the Kickstarter turns yeah. out because uh, I mean that would be another huge investment and mm. we would probably not do it right away we would want to get these books out into retail and see yeah. how many people are interested uh, we have about 1200 people signed up for for notifications not at all sure what that means because uh, I mean there were mm. I think 6,000 or something like that signed up for the One Ring when we did that Kickstarter. Right. But that was, on the other hand, we had, you know, uh, lots of new uh, new players, new to the Free League that mm, comes yeah. from the One Ring, uh, from Francesco and the team. Uh, and in this case, uh, I mean, all, all people who have backed our project projects before they don't need to sign up beforehand mm. because they will get a notification anyway yeah. so so it's super hard <laughs> and to judge to, what it'll be. Yeah. yeah when we yeah. did the mother of darkness i pretty much nailed it on the swedish crown where mm. we would end that kickstarter but mm. now i mean yeah you look at the one ring mm. i mean there wasn't one yeah. of us that were in the ballpark of where that ended up. <laughs> I can tell you, it was oh, yeah. We, yeah. yeah, white knuckles clinging on to something <laughs> just not to fall over. It was yeah. crazy. That was an extraordinary success. So, but but was, there's a massive yeah. audience out there for D and D. Absolutely, but they have got... they have tons and tons of of settings to play around in. So why would they choose syndrome? I have no idea. We'll see. <laughs> Okay, and, and this may be a, a pertinent time for a question from our audience as well. Some time ago, when we were talking about uh, um, uh, Alberator, mm. you said this isn't a game of heroes. But of course, D&D &D is a game of heroes. Mm. So how does that change in the in the ruins of Simbaroom? I mean, you just, they're not going to be heroes in the ruins of Simbaroom, are they? Well... As always, when you make a role-playing game, it is up to the gaming group how to play. Yeah. And I would argue also that, I mean, mm -hmm. if you want to play Symbrom in a heroic fashion, it is fully possible because you can get quite 
apt at wielding your sword or <laughs> weaving your spells or whatnot. I guess the main uh, reason why it's hard to but, play heroic mode in um, original Symbarum is because you just get killed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to answer your question, the first thing we agreed on when started when we started working on on uh, on this 5e concept was that alignments had to go. Okay. So, which I hope makes sense to anyone. I need mm. to turn off my phone here so that it doesn't bother us. Sorry mm. for that. Uh, another thing is that we have, that we have, because we have brought in Jacob Rogers, uh, who is quite known and maybe mm. even famous in 5e circles who are working with uh, 5e adaptions. Mm -hmm. uh, and we had a great dialogue and he read Symbarum and he understood Symbarum. And I mean, this will still be a 5e game, but I think the, the adjustments or optional alternative rules put in place for, especially for REST, Mm -hmm. uh, and what rest actions do one one of the things here is that you won't you won't just go to sleep uh more or less blooded and then wake up and be right fine. as rain be fine yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one thing then you have the corruption mechanic which alters yeah. the way magic works a lot uh mm -hmm. the the threat of corruption is maybe not as in your face in in 5e but it is there and it is definitely something else than vanilla 5e mm. uh, so mm. uh, that is how we do it and and also uh, when when designing adventures they will be i mean uh, take Tomb of Dying Dreams as an example. That's that's more or less the first adventures where we send the player char characters out into a ruin in Davokat. Hmm. And what do they meet there? Yeah, they meet the Creeping Darkness, they meet Fangafa, they meet Sanata, the Great Spider. Hmm. And they will not be able to, you know, put a dent in any of these. <laughs> they are there yeah. just yeah. to show how uh, I think we, Matthias Lilia put the textbook uh, there regarding the the value of over, overly powerful enemies and what they force the gaming group to do. You can't yeah. when you when you know you face an opponent that you you will die if you go up against them. You will start to find you will need to find other ways to deal with the. the problem at hand yeah so and that i mean that that would you will see in ruins and Simbar as well mm. you can't throw you know throw damage dices at every problem and mm -hmm. hope that it goes away mm. no that all sounds excellent so i i, I haven't played a lot of 5e over the years i've played a played one campaign and i enjoyed it um it didn't make me want to play loads but actually, some of the stuff that you're talking about there, Matthias, which is sort of taking some of the edge off 5e that perhaps I don't like so much and bringing in some of these other concepts like, you know, the influencing magic with corruption and, and such like. 
it's, it's actually piquing my interest in 5D <laughs> games. <laughs> I mean, and you can have a look at this uh, mm. trial balloon, or uh, it, it's not a very, it's not just a teaser. It's 97 pages or something yeah, like yeah. that, and you get uh, some of the alternative rules, and you get a couple of of new player classes and origins, which is, you know, yeah. Um, and and approaches and also ready-made play characters and two adventures. We updated mm. the the PDF with we added the the Blight Knight scenario. Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, so uh, and and just check it out because the the reactions. I'm not a five E expert in any sense of that word. Mm. I am more more. Uh, I'm the project lead. I will run the Kickstarter. I will make sure that that the content align with the as much as possible with with the Symbrum lore and so on. Mm. But uh, the reactions we have had to that PDF has been they have been great, and mm -hmm. and a lot of people have been looking for exactly this. You mm -hmm. know, a more making Five E a little bit grittier. Uh, yeah. Or, or at least down to earth, or more real, or more serious, or I don't know how to put yeah. it, but yeah, less of a sort of fantasy kind of uh, heroic fairy tale kind of game, rather than yeah. something a bit more grounded, perhaps. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> now, um, just on the Kickstarter, Kickstarter is always fun uh, because there's loads for of you, stuff. yeah. <laughs> There's all sorts of exclusive things, be it fancy hardcovers uh, or dice or stuff like that. Uh, can you tell mm. us about any exciting stretch goals that will uh, will whet our appetite, make Dave um, invest mm. in a 5e game? No, we, we I, I mean, we have talked about a little bit about uh, do we add stretch goals that are uh, unique to the 5e? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, unique to the five E concept, just to you know, uh, but, but but you who are already playing Simbarum will recognize most of the stuff that we will offer as stretch yeah. goals, uh, and the stretch goals will mainly be about two things: providing adventures for you to play, uh, and and. Uh, in that uh, respect, we won't dive into the, the Throne of Thorns directly, no. but focus more on on the the smaller adventure packs and such. Mm. So that is one thing. The other thing is physical uh, player aids, uh, mostly in the form of uh, of player maps. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Nice. Uh, and then there are the third kind of stretch goals, which is extensions. Uh, we have stuff, you who know Symbrum Raw know that in the advanced player's guide, we introduced, I think, five or six new playable uh, origins, races. Mm, yeah. And we also introduced something that is called professions, which is like, you know, 
second level career type of thing where yeah. you can apply for a membership in the the wrath guard if mm. you have reached a certain level in certain skills so but uh, so we have all these really cool and thematically interesting uh, professions for instance uh, that we are not we have not uh, worked them into the system 100% they are like on the drawing board but we are not super sure that they will be in the final book so but yeah. if we get the resources to you know delve a little bit deeper into those professions and make them you, as a as an approach or a subclass in D&D &D, yeah. 5e you have to be uh, they have to be avail available from level one, of course. Mm. So th there's a little bit of work to do there. And also we have a little bit of, uh, we have to do some new images and, and such. Mm. So the player's guide will have some room to grow if this uh, Kickstarter is successful as well. Yeah, brilliant. Cool. And that opens on Tuesday. Just so on Tuesday can... at uh, 3 Tuesday the 13th, is that? Yep. Yeah, 3, 3 p.m. Uh, Central European time. So I guess over at you, it will be 2 o'clock. Yep. And 1 o'clock UTC. Okay. I have <laughs> never understood what UTC is. It's Greenwich be. Mean Time. It's, it's GMT, isn't it? That everybody it's feels. GMT. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. that I know. Because <laughs> I guess some, you know, maybe the Americans don't like the going French. Greenwich. <laughs> I think it's more more likely to be the French who are upset oh, maybe, having okay. to call it Greenwich. We had a war over it. They wanted it in the yeah, yeah. Paris. Anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> back to Subaru. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, if anyone's interested in that, get be ready for Tuesday at three o'clock. Excellent. And you can Perfect. sign up already uh, to get a notification when exactly yes. when it launches. Now we're overrunning, but I've got a couple of other questions for you, Matthias. <laughs> um, it's a long time since we've seen you. My first yeah. question is hmm? last time we talked you were not only heading up uh, the Simba Room team but also the Coriolis team and you mentioned to me an email uh, a few weeks ago that uh, Matthias Lilia is back in charge of Coriolis yes. so can you tell us a bit more about when that happened? Was this, was this a palace coup or what was this? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no I mean uh, Matthias Lilia uh, basically um, uh, left his day job mm, cool. uh, okay, yeah. I don't know exactly when this was but it, it's, it, it was before the turn of the year mm -hmm. uh, and when he did that and came on more or less full time for free league mm -hmm. it felt, I mean he's the father of Coriolis yeah. so uh, that mm -hmm. he should uh, he had been spearheading this 5e project on his you know on Part -time. Uh, free time, part time. Yeah. Uh, so when he came in, it felt more logical that he would pick up uh, and start re restart the nurturing of his own baby Coriolis, and I would uh, take the lead on the 5D project. So that is what happened. It's not very dramatic at all. Uh, <laughs> Production-wise, we, I mean, we are very much a team and and help out wherever we can so well it's great to have him back it's great to have him working full time oh yeah 
in in mm. Phoenix. So we'll have to we'll have to invite him onto the show at some point. Absolutely, yeah. But we've got you at the moment, and so we're yeah. going to ask you a bunch of questions that you may not know any answers to. But uh, yeah, our, our fans are demanding mm. that today, Friday, is the last moment that they were going to be promised their PDF for Twilight 2000, and they're oh. saying, is it going to drop today? So. I know you have very little to do with it, and it should be Thomas who are asking, but I'm going to ask you because you're here. <laughs> this is this uh, is your opportunity, Matthias, to do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's get stuffed is the answer there. <laughs> no, uh, uh, I would be very surprised if it if turned up today. Right. Uh, we are working mm -hmm. on it, uh, but as you said, we have so many projects, and it 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 is like it. All it takes is that one project uh, see a product expand, for instance, uh, or there is some kind of problem at at, at the printer or whatnot, yeah. and we are not a bigger company than that we feel this we suffer from from such uh mishaps mm, along the yes. way and you have to suffer delays. with us yeah. but i uh, i i have i have seen uh, a lot of the the game file mm -hmm. uh I, I, but I don't think it will be ready today. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Okay, that, 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 that's fine. It's, it's just great to manage people. If it is, you will be super happy and not the least mad at me. <laughs> don't worry. We're not going to be mad at you. It's an order. Uh, the next so, question... so, so, Mateus, you're confirming it'll definitely be today then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> No, he, no, he's promising they're going to work through the weekend and deliver it on Sunday. <laughs> no, the other thing that I just wondered whether you had any intelligence on, I know we should be asking Nils about this, but people are very excited for Graham's, mm. shall we call it? Oh, you're right. You do have to squeeze your arms together. Mythic <laughs> Britain. <laughs> you look like, like a, a dinosaur. It's a Rex impression. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mythic Britain. Uh, I know super little about that project um, because it's it's on Nils's table and it is quite early on. Mm -hmm. So I mean, again, we as a team we tend to poke our noses into mm -hmm. every project that gets pushed through the the pipe at some point or another but i i haven't looked at it very closely yet but um, I'm, I'm super happy to see that we we uh we can expect more stuff for basin yeah, i mean yeah. mythic britain it felt it feels like uh no-brainer <laughs> i mean <laughs> Yeah. Uh, our, our team, our patrons, uh, prefer Sceptred Isles to Mythic Britain because we've already got mm. in this country a Mythic Britain RPG anyway. Yeah, so, um, so yeah it's a working that. title, so mm. maybe we will... Oh, I, I sounded very Swedish when I said that. <laughs> I heard myself say, yeah, it's a working title. Uh, anyway, it's a working well, title. So maybe... You are Swedish. It's okay to sound Swedish, Matthias. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but not quite as cliched as Swedish as Matthias was sounding there. Um, do we, we have to draw mm. this to an end. It's it's we fabulous do. talking to you, Matthias. Um, but Always we've gone a on pleasure. For, well, I'm, 
pretty much an hour. So um, yeah. you've got stuff to do. You've got work do. to do on two big <laughs> timber room projects. So we'll let you get back. And thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, it's been a delight as always, Matthias. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, I mean, uh, just ping me again if you want to chat about you know something. We Maybe we can we could meet up during the Kickstarter, maybe, and depending yeah, on right. how it goes. Oh, Definitely up for that. Maybe do another live show like this. Maybe, yeah. maybe bring uh, Lilia along. Oh, that sounds like a great yes. idea. Yeah. 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 So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the that later. Oh, promises. We'll have a yeah, chat. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That'd be brilliant. Well, that was a fabulous uh, chance to chat to Mateus. And it's always a pleasure and delight because he's such a great guy, such a lovely guy. He's a lovely I, person. I remember the um, when we were first going to Sweden back in 2017, mm-hmm. we'd arranged to see Free League. And I completely overlooked the own ring and. And the day before we went, I, I just punted a hopeful email to, uh, to Matthias. And, um, you know, before we knew it, within less than 24 hours, even though he couldn't see us because he's in Umeå and not in Stockholm, um, he'd arranged us to see Martin Grip. He'd arranged us to see Matthias Lilia. We had a fabulous afternoon with him, had wonderful lunch. And all of that, you know, yeah. kind of instantly with no notice at all. And... Um, Again, just shows what what a fabulous guy he is and what a real pleasure it is to chat to him. And we will definitely have to make that um, Matthias and Matthias interview happen in the next few weeks because that would be great. Says the man who was just saying we need to get back to our original format of our show. I know, I know, I know. But when when you've got people like Matthias Jonsson, Hacker and Matthias Lilia to talk to, it's... um, it's a challenge not to have the interviews. Maybe we have to have a. No. We have to go up to weekly, Matthew. For well, the we could maybe, or maybe <laughs> that interview doesn't appear on the podcast. We put it on YouTube, and um, that's yes, that's a fair. It becomes a YouTube a, exclusive. That's a good idea. That's a, yeah. That's in fact that. I hate to say it, Matthew, because it doesn't happen very often. But that's an excellent idea. Okay, we <laughs> may run with that then. Yes. Uh, so podcast next week original next content. What are you going to do? What's the original content that you've been burning to tell us? Well, actually, it's, it's something that came up in, a, uh, in, the, in, the, in the margins of running Alien the Colony. So for those, mm. if you haven't been, um, if you're not sure what this is, this is our fortnightly Alien campaign um, stream that we're running on every second Thursday. And we've had Which five... is great. I love it. I love it uh-huh. when I'm in it. <laughs> um, we've had five episodes now. It's a West Marches style, so the, the cast is... Is varying every fortnight, but um, it's called it's, the Inspector Hugh Mysteries, though, isn't it? It's it's well, your episodes seem to be <laughs> um, where you just railroad everybody else into doing what you want. But um, uh, anyway, out of that, <laughs> um, it's become it's become even clearer than otherwise. So so Alien as a game has got twelve skills. You know, mm. where free league games, um, the, the Year Zero Engine games have twelve or sixteen skills. Twelve, um, we are finding, and I think. We have found this a bit in cinematics, but perhaps less so because cinematics are much more about running from shooting aliens. Um, We've found that in a more nuanced campaign style game, 12 skills doesn't cut it terribly well. Well, I think also Um, it's kind of the mix of skills. Well, I think there there are certain things. So, for example, any, any kind of scientific stuff you want to do either becomes an observation role or a medical aid role. And for quite a lot of it, medical aid doesn't feel right. And for quite a lot of it, observation doesn't feel right. And comtech doesn't feel right either. Um, 
and for for any kind of conversational social thing, manipulation is the thing. So if you've got good observation and good manipulation, you're going to do well in a lot of campaign style games. So I think there's something there about how can we, without breaking the game, without adding more skills, which I'm not going to propose doing, how can we deal with that sort of nuance and, and slight more sophistication and complexity in a campaign game without doing something like breaking the game and adding more skills? So that's what mm. I'm going to have a think about over the next two weeks. And I think that's what I'm going to talk about in the next episode. Brilliant. That sounds like a great idea. On the other hand, I am going to talk about the Circle of Seekers in Coriolis. Ah, interesting. Okay. That'll be good. Is there, yes. is there, is there, are, are there potential spoilers in the Circle of Seekers? Well, you know what? I think there may be. So one of the reasons why I'm talking about the Circle of Seekers is as we're playing through the campaign, and I think even you, your characters haven't particularly picked this up yet, but the Circle of Seekers are becoming more and more important. Mm. And so I wonder whether my homework might be at the end of the next episode. So if people want to That's be sure they're not being idea. spoiled, yep. they, don't need to, um, they don't need to listen to it. No, that sounds that sounds like a, a very good idea. Excellent. Cool. That's what we'll do then. Right. Well, I think we've done enough for today. So unless you've got anything else to add at the end here, Matt? Not at all. It's been a pleasure talking to you as always, Dave. Indeed. Indeed. So, well, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. And we didn't, and get, we didn't get Matthias to say. to say, may the icons bless your adventures. Don't. You have been listening to The Effect Podcast, presented by Fiction Suit and the RPG Gods. Music, stars on a black sea, used with permission of Free League Publishing.